The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, June 25th. One more day of being 39 years old, which I'm sure people are tired about hearing on, my, on this podcast. Joining me to uh, talk some tight ends, top 10 tight ends, good friend of the show, Jordan Najani. Jordan, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Will? Happy birthday, man. I appreciate you having me on to cover these top 10 position groups. Uh, ready to talk some tight ends for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if you are interested in watching the, watching the podcast, you can watch the podcast on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, or go to YouTube and search pick six podcast. It'll show up. If you get it, hit the subscribe button, you'll get alerts when we go live. Additionally, if you press the like, if you're, if you're watching now, hit the like button. It helps us a ton. Do your boys a favor. And in the comments, feel free to tell us who um let's who the tight end the most underrated tight end in football you tell us that and uh and we'll give a shirt or something i don't know i don't know <laughs> what do. uh anyway let's get to your top 10 tight ends jordan and uh we'll start as we have with all these tight ends um who's the toughest guy to leave off because man you know you look at this list in uh, the tight end position which has kind of been a little bit thin for feels it been you know like you always have some top tier guys and then you know you had Gronk of course but it, it feels like there's a pretty stout group of young tight ends sort of emerging across the NFL so who was who was the toughest guy to leave off no you're right I mean this was a weirdly deep class it felt like this was a harder project than I anticipated there were a couple of guys that were hard to leave off uh one was Johnu Smith who of course is making the leap from the Titans to the Patriots we ended up including his teammates in this list we'll get to that another that was really surprising is Rob Tanya Robert Tanya from the Packers did yeah. not make my top 10 he was more of a touchdown god than in, you know a stat guy when it comes to receptions and yards so that's why he was left off a couple others Logan Thomas from the Washington football team was left off Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, and uh, I think I didn't say Zach Ertz was another guy. So definitely had some guys that were on the outside looking in that I got plenty of feedback from the fans on Twitter. John is one that I probably got to find somebody to leave uh, to take off if you want to put uh, John o. Smith on. I've There's a surprising guy in your top five. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it, but I will say that the best way to say it is that when you did this list, 
you were doing it not just on performance from last year, but also projecting forward how guys will do in 2021, right? Correct. That's the biggest part to keep in mind when it comes to this list. The two parts there, how they act as, you know, a complete tight end that includes blocking ability, route running, all the stuff that goes into playing the position, but not. And I also base this list, like, as, as you said, not on the 2020 stats, but their outlook for 2021. Okay. Uh, because and we'll get to it. Uh, you know, if you're, trying <laughs> to find, if you're trying to find someone to put on the list, you might say it's too early to do it. But on the other hand, um, it's, it's possible that you could look very smart uh, in, in your selection come the end, come next year. The, uh, another guy, Tyler Higby, maybe consideration. Uh, you mentioned Tanyan. Yeah, I guess it does kind of fall off. Logan Thomas, sort of a sneaky, uh, good developing tight end for, for the Washington football team as well. But let's get to the list. At number 10, you have Mike Gusecki of the Miami Dolphins. I dig it. Gusecki, I really think you watch it. I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily the most consistent player quite yet, but the Penn State product, we always like to pump up the Penn Staters for our, our boy Debo. Man, he flashes in a big way. And if Tua can take a step, Tua Tungvaloa can take a step forward in 2021, I think it'll be in large part because not only the addition of Jalen Waddle, but maybe the continued development of a guy like Gasecki who has really flashed some elite uh, vertical skill set uh, when it comes to, to being kind of a touchdown guy. Yeah, exactly. Gasecki was definitely a guy I wanted to include in my top 10. He ended up coming in at number 10. He put up career numbers all across the board in 2020, 53 receptions, 703 yards, six scores. He had the longest reception of any tight end in the NFL last year with a sweet double move against the 49ers with a 70-yard gain. What When you say flash, I think that's a great descriptor because if you watch his highlights, he's made some tough catches, some incredible one-handed grabs. Uh, he's a guy that works really well out of the slot as well. Now, there's a lot of tight ends on this list that work well in the slot, but this is a guy who almost seemingly specialized in that spot. And he's not a legendary blocker, which why he probably came in at number 10 and not number 9 or 8 to me, but he's somebody who works the middle of the field well. He's versatile. If Tua takes a step forward, like you said, he's going to be a good player. Yes, the Dolphins added some speed on the outside with Jalen Waldo and Will Fuller. That's true. But that could help Gasecki when it comes to working the middle of the field. There were times last year where it seemed like Gasecki saved Tua on some throws. So keep an eye on him. I think that his outlook looks great for 2021. I think that he could be a rising star in this league. I, I would agree. I think it's certainly you want to have him on that list. And, you know, I would say maybe a little bit higher, but then when you start to go through the actual guys who are on this list, that I think 10 is actually a pretty good spot just because I think we'll need to see him you know, make that leap before you actually push him any higher than that. And number nine, I think this is interesting because of the lack of John o. Smith, Hunter Henry checking in one of the other uh, signees this off season for bill Belichick and the Patriots. I'll be curious. I'm really curious to see how they, they use these two guys because Henry, both John o. Smith and Henry are, are capable blockers, uh, you know, and certainly great receivers. Henry, maybe more of a red zone threat, then Johnny Smith, I guess Smith is a, is a beast, and he can certainly you know, certainly catch touchdowns in the red zone. But I mean, he seems, he seems like the guy where they'll use him in the backfield, you know, give him carries like the Titans did in, in sort of funky formation type of stuff. Where Henry's more of a traditional um, guy that you would line up. You could split him out too. But uh, I think Hunter, I've always loved Hunter Henry. Loved him coming out of Arkansas. Thought he was going to be an elite tight end with the with the Chargers. But nobody is ever able to stay healthy with the Chargers, maybe he will with the Patriots. Yeah, he was kind of a buzzer beater when it came to putting my top 10 together because John Smith was the guy, the Patriot, that I was going to put in this list. But, 
you know, when you start, when you sit down and think about it, Johnny Smith, his versatility is very attractive. There's no doubt about that. But when creating this list, I was looking at the guy, I was looking at Hunter Henry, who's been more the traditional tight end and the guy who's had more consistent success in the league. It's not a given that Johnny Smith is going to take this extra leap forward that many people are anticipating in 2021. So for Hunter Henry, uh, career high, 60 passes, 613 yards, four scores, nothing crazy. He ranked fifth in receptions per game for tight ends, was a top 10 tight end when it came to fantasy points per game last year. I would expect that to ag again be the case in 2021. But here's why he made my list, and here's why he comes in at number nine. He's now being coached by Bill Belichick, who has some experience with getting the most out of his star tight ends. Like mm -hmm. we said, Hunter Henry is that traditional guy who's going to line up in more traditional roles. Well, we say traditional like it's an insult, but it's not. I think that he could play a major role in this Patriots offense. They made some additions at wide receiver, not one that's really going to catch your eye, though. So Hunter Henry set up for a lot of success entering 2021. Again, this this list is definitely looked on at out, you know, with the outlook of 2021. John Smith's going to be a fun player to watch, but at the end of the day, when we sit down and look at his stats and how he was used at the end of the season, we might have Hunter Henry ranked above him. Entirely possible. I, I love Hunter Henry. It was, it was bitterly disappointing that he couldn't stay healthier yeah. than than, uh, than he did with the Chargers. And number eight, former Iowa star standout Noah Fant with the uh, currently with the Denver Broncos. Is he going to? This will be his third year, right? Yes. 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 And, you know, we've seen tight ends start slow out of the gate just in terms of performance at the NFL level. Rookie tight ends typically don't have monster seasons for whatever reason. That feels like a guy on this Denver offense where even if they aren't able to trade for Aaron Rodgers, if he can get, take, get Drew Locke to take a little step forward, Fant could have an enormous year. The one knock would maybe be that they're a little too conservative. This guy's got great uh, after the ball uh, – in tremendous yak skills running mm -hmm. out getting the ball in his hands and, and running you, you see me just burst across the field or burst down the sideline uh huge Noah fan fan yeah so am i and i'm glad i could include him in this top 10 list his rookie year was kind of up and down and there were some lows that were very worrisome if you're a broncos fan but he kind of bounced back and showed that he could be maybe an elite talent in this league he's just 23 years old career high 62 catches for 673 yards three scores he was top 10 in targets per game and receiving yards per game among all tight ends and came in at number seven among all in his position with 62 catches so even while the broncos this is important even while the, while the broncos made it a point to try to get the ball to the rookie wide receiver jerry judy in 2020 Fant still led Denver in receptions and, as you mentioned, the almighty yak as well with 372 yards. So this is a guy who has a very high ceiling. There are some worries about how he's going to be used in this offense, but there are instances where he's even been on the receiving end of screens, and he's been absolutely impressive running downfield. So he's a good weapon. He's a, he's a complete tight end in my mind. He has a large ceiling. I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Yeah, and spoiler alert, he may not be the only Iowa tight end on the <laughs> I mean look it's 1200 1235 yards through his first two seasons nothing to sneeze at for a, a tight end playing with you know on a, on a conservative fairly conservative offense with a questionable quarterback situation it, it is possible we see Noah Fant really explode yards per reception down a little bit last year not a ton of touchdowns but uh, I think that he is a definite breakout candidate at the position at number seven Oh, warming Debo's heart, reminding him that not only do they have Dallas Goddard on the roster, they still have Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz on the roster, and he's not on the list, by the way. But Dallas Goddard, uh, still only 26 years old. It feels like he's been around for a little bit longer for some reason. Uh, Fourth-year player 
do you think if do, does Ertz need to go for Goddard to have a full time breakout? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's still going to be a good player if Zach Ertz is on roster, but this is going to be the guy who's going to be the new Ertz, the new tight end one moving forward in Philly. Uh, why I have him at number seven on our list is two reasons. I think he's a complete tight end, but also I do anticipate Ertz probably could be playing football elsewhere in 2021. So if you're a fantasy football fan, Goddard's already a top 10 tight end. He finished number nine when it came to points per game scored. Um, he also came in fifth among all tight ends with 47.64 receiving yards per game. And that figure I expect to grow in 2021. The other part is I added that he's a complete you know, tight end. His blocking ability is impressive. He takes that aspect of his game very seriously. He can impact games even when he's not running routes. So he's not the fastest tight end. He's not the most athletic guy on the field, but he has great size. And something I noticed in the film is that he continues to find ways to get open and make life easier on his quarterback, working in the middle of the field. And if you come at him with a weak tackle, he's going to shake you off and get some yak off that reception as well. So uh, I like Dallas Goddard as well. Um, it does seem like he's been around for forever, but uh, he, he continues to get better. And I expect if Ertz is not on the roster um, come week one, then we're expecting him to have a breakout year. Definitely a top 10 guy. Fun fact about Dallas Goddard. This is not really fun. It's just an interesting fact. He is the only tight end with a PFF grade in receipt, both receiving and run blocking over 80 every year since 2018. And he ranks first in run blocking since then. That includes George Kittle, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Kittle, of course, you know, deal with some injuries, so maybe that knocks him down. You know, sometimes those things are cumulative. But the point being is Dallas Goddard. If if Zach Ertz gets dealt or cut or or you know just isn't around at some point, we're going to see a full season of Dallas Goddard. They need to get him a maybe get him a better quarterback situation, but he could uh, absolutely uh, be a breakout star and deserving of this spot at number seven. At number six. A guy who was a freaking fantasy monster when Lamar Jackson broke out for his MVP season, Mark Andrews of the Ravens. Yep, I, I got a lot of flack for this placement. A lot of people wanted him higher than six or you know, lower, whatever, in the top five, if you will. I mean, in Lamar Jackson's MVP campaign, he was incredible. 852 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns, uh, led the team in receiving, obviously. Even while Hollywood Brown was Baltimore's leading wideout this past season, Andrews was by far the more consistent target. 58 catches, 701 yards, seven touchdowns. And, um, you know, there's a couple reasons he comes in at six or not number five on my list. And that's, you know, the Ravens, they added receiver talent for Lamar Jackson in free agency and through the draft. It'll be up to Lamar Jackson with how successful he is utilizing that new talent out wide. He, I mean, either way, Mark Andrews is going to be that security blanket. He's a target that Lamar Jackson is familiar with. He's, he's more he's more comfortable throwing the ball down the field towards the middle of the field instead of on the outside. Mark Andrews is going to make an impact on this game. There's no doubt about it. Um, his blocking ability is not a plus it's good. Uh, but, but, but Mark Andrews probably, I think that's a reason he came in at number six on my list as well. He's been a consistent player. He's still young. He, he's an athletic freak, great hands. Uh, but he comes in at number six for me. So I just, you know, looking at Mark Andrews and thinking about the 2018 NFL draft, I mean, the, the Ravens got Hayden Hurst and Lamar Jackson the first round. Had no second-round picks. They traded up to get Lamar Jackson. And then in the third round, picked up Orlando Brown Jr. and Mark Andrews. I realize that two of those guys are, are no longer on the team, but Orlando Brown netted them a first-rounder this year, and Hayden Hurst, they got a second-rounder from, from the Falcons in return. That is ridiculous to load up your offense like that 
in that single draft. And it really, you know, that was Ozzie Newsom's final draft. And man, I'll tell you what, he left Eric DaCosta uh, some, some nice little toys to deal with or to deal as, as he did. And Andrew's in the third round there at 86 overall out of Oklahoma, along with his uh, teammate uh, Orlando Brown in that third round was a nice pull. And Andrew's just been at 20 touchdowns in three years has been a beast in the red zone. All right, coming up, let's take a quick break. But after the break, we'll tell you what tight end without a single Snap in the NFL made Jordan's list. Next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, this is not the guy with, with no snaps. This is, I think, this. if I were going to pick a guy to challenge for the number one, well, not number one, but challenge to break into the top three, because you can probably, if you listen to this podcast if, 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 you, if you listen to this podcast, presumably you follow the NFL to some small degree. And if you do follow the NFL to some small degree, also presumably you are you can guess who the top two tight ends are. Probably even guess number three. But if I had to pick one guy to break in to the top three, it would be TJ Hawkinson, an absolute animal for the Detroit Lions. My only, my only question with TJ Hawkinson is that he no longer has Matthew Stafford and, and had to downgrade Jared Goff, but he might, he might lead this team in targets and catches this year. I think so. And I'm glad you agree with me. I'm very high on him entering 2021 as well. I mean, last year, which was his first full season, he ranked fourth among all tight ends and receptions, third in yards, tied for ninth in touchdowns. Uh, he was dangerous working in the middle of the field and effective in the red zone. He's also a solid blocker. So that's going to get kudos for me when it comes to placement on my list. So, you know, to address what you kind of brought up very quickly, some may think Hawkinson's stock could drop a bit in 2021, considering he lost quarterback Matthew Stafford, but you have to remember that the Lions downgraded in a big way at the wide receiver position, right? Losing Marvin Jones Jr., losing Kenny Galladay. In comes Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams, and then made the rookie Amon Ross St. Brown. They're probably going to be the top wideouts. To me, that completely leaves the door open for Hawkinson to be Detroit's leading receiver in 2021. He's dynamic. He's athletic. He knows how to work certain and different parts of the field. But more importantly, he's working with a new quarterback. He doesn't necessarily have as much chemistry as he had with Matthew Stafford tight ends obviously serve that role as security blankets. And he's a guy who's more than a security blanket. He's somebody who could also serve as the focal point of your offense moving forward. I expect him to make a big jump. That's why he's in my top five entering 2021. Look, Hawkinson's a beast. Again, the only reason I don't think that he could make the only reason I would question whether or not he could make the leap is, is the golf thing. And just like, what is this offense going to look like, you know, with Dan Campbell and 
um, and Anthony Lynn running things. But, you know, again, we they just don't have anybody at receiver to catch the ball. Hawkinson saw 101 targets last year for the, for the Lions, 723 receiving yards. He's a, he's a red zone beast. He's physical as heck. You know, George Kittle, uh, I think, yeah, friend of the program, George Kittle, was on the Pick 6 podcast in, when we were in Atlanta and was talking about those Fant and, and Hawkinson. It was like, dude, Hawkinson, you know, Fant's more of a receiver, maybe, you know, closer to a – you know, the, the modern day wide out tight end than, than, and, and he pointed out that Hawkinson is very much in his same mold, just in terms of being an absolute animal blocking and, and very capable uh, in the receiving game as well. It would not, it would not shock me at all if he was a top three tight end by the time that the season ends. Now, here's where we get the controversy. <laughs> at number four, you have the Atlanta Falcons tight end. Kyle Pitts, he hasn't taken a snap. He doesn't have a catch. Jordan, how? what has the response been to this to put him above, I don't want to say luminaries, but some fairly big tight end names here? I definitely got uh, some responses. And I read some Facebook comments. I know we're not supposed to do that, but I read some Facebook comments about this list. A lot of people talking about why did I place Kyle Pitts on this list? I mean, listen, okay, he got 43 passes, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns in eight games last year for the Gators unanimous All-American, best tight end in college, blah, blah. You know his college career was great. But listen, he fits this new generation of tight end, right? He runs routes and makes catches like a wide receiver, possesses the kind of athleticism that will allow him to stand out immediately. He won't be an elite blocker year one, but that's something where he's going to put the work in. The reason I have pitched so high on this list is because the Falcons are going to make him a focal point of their offense, especially with Julio Jones gone. And Arthur Smith, the new first-year head coach, he knows how to do that. He's a former tight ends coach. So the thing is, Kyle Pitts comes into this league with extremely high expectations. But when we take a step back following his rookie year and examine his stats along with the highlight reel plays, such as we do when we create this offseason list, I I believe that you're going to sit down and say, okay, he's definitely a top five tight end already. We're talking about tight ends, and obviously the sexy part about it is the receiving stats. Looks like he's going to do well there. He'll probably be top four when it comes to receiving yards just from tight ends in 2021. And I even went back to the experts at CBS Sports Fantasy, right? They have him sixth in yards after his rookie season, fifth in touchdowns, and fifth in fantasy points when it comes to tight ends. So I'm not that far off there. The potential is there, and we think receiving stats obviously are more important when it comes to these tight end rankings. He's going to be up there. He might not exceed the lofty expectations he's shouldering when he enters the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons facility, but this is going to be a good tight end in the NFL in my mind. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when you look at the guys you left off, like Johnny Smith, again, has been a very good tight end, but you're not going to lose sleep over not ranking Johnny Smith in your top 10 tight ends. You might lose some sleep. You might catch some flack. You could have gotten away with it, by the way, because he's a rookie. Like, you could have just left him off and nobody would have said boo about it. But I do like the idea that you're saying, no, this is we're projecting. I think he's going to be this good. He's going to put up these, these kind of stats. And I want to be right next year when I, if I'm doing this list again, when I go back and look and say, I had Kyle Pitts four and I was correct. And even if he ends up being like the sixth best tight end in football or even the seventh best tight end in football, you're probably not going to be that far off. So I dig it. And the Julio factor really is the selling point i think because there's a decent chance that kyle pitts sees you know 90 targets next year 100 i mean you know julio's targets got to go somewhere and it can't all go to russell gates and calvin ridley so kyle pitts should be very active uh for the atlanta falcons in the receiving game now this is where it gets very easy honestly like 
we could we'll do the final three just bang 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 because i don't i mean actually you know what no we won't do that at three because i think one and two you could at least have a conversation on three darren waller he just slots into three yeah it probably the best the second best receiving tight end i guess i mean he is an absolute monster for the Raiders and the usage and the way that Derek Carr leans on him and his ability to be, be a threat in the red zone, to get yak, uh, to run, you know, run good routes. It, the guy's just developed really well in that offense, uh, got paid for it and deservedly. So I think he, just because of the guys who are above him, it's just maybe even the easiest slot to make for these tight ends, because you know, he's elite, but he's not quite the top two. It just slides easily into three. Yep, uh, he led all tight ends in receptions with 107, came in second in receiving yards. He came in at number 10 overall in the NFL in receiving yards when you throw in wide receivers as well. So only one of two yeah. tight ends to do that. I mean, he's been the Raiders' leading receiver for two seasons now. He probably could make it three in 2021. Anyone who's that athletic standing at six foot six foot six is capable of really anything on offense. So he, he's high on this list for good reason. Yeah, it, he's he's a beast. It's easy. Uh, and then one of two, shocking. Yeah, sometimes these lists are easy, right? Uh, the, the, the top of these lists sometimes are easy anyway. George Kittle at two and Travis Kelsey at one. I'll ask you this. Was there any consideration to shaking up, shaking things up and putting Kittle at number one? Or did the injuries and the fact that Kelsey had another historical tight end season just make it too easy to put Travis Kelsey at one? Yeah, I definitely thought about it. And I'll get more into that when we talk about Kelsey at one. But yeah, George Kittle comes in at number two for me. Dominant as both a receiver and blocker. That's important as a tight end. Um, you know, he was limited to just eight games played in 2020 due to injury. I expect a big bounce back season. Um, he did have that record breaking season for a tight end in 2018 with over 1300 yards, receiving five scores. Um, then he had 1053 yards and five scores in 2019, helped the 49ers get to the Super Bowl. A, I guess I'll describe him as a dual threat weapon as a tight end. Uh, someone who can block very well, being, being a, a big time playmaker down the field. George Kittle is very great. I wanted to I wanted to put him number one, but um, Travis Kelsey just doesn't stop. He just doesn't regress. Every year we think he's going to take a step backwards as he gets older, and that hasn't happened, so I can't put him at number two right now. So Travis Kelsey, of course, is my number one. Yeah, and look, I mean, Travis Kelsey, his stats are – it's kind of a joke. I think somebody was trying to – uh, maybe – I'm trying to think what the argument was, whether it was like Kelsey – I mean – I think you could almost say that if Travis, Travis Kelsey, I don't know if he, if he retires today, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. Maybe that's a stretch. But over the last uh, five years, his per, uh, well, actually, yeah, maybe he played 15.6 games on average. Maybe he misses a game because of, you know, it wasn't an injury. It was because I think, uh, you know, they, they, they sat everybody down at the end of the season because they had a, the seed locked in. So let's do his per 16 game averages just to, to make it fair because there's really only one game that he, uh, two, he's had 15 games in two of those seasons. And, and again, I'm pretty sure it's because they sat people to avoid injuries. So per 16 game numbers, 137 targets, 97 catches, 1,260 yards and eight touchdowns averages per 16 game over a five-year span. His actual averages, the actual numbers over those time, 95 catches, 1,229 yards and 7.6 touchdowns. 13 yards per catch. The dude is ridiculous. I, I get that he's not maybe the world's best blocker or whatever you want to say. He's not Gronk. He's not Kittle. He's fine. Can block as a receiver. He is absolutely unstoppable. Jordan. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, like the the usage is is important, but the fact that he doesn't slow down. I mean, even after four straight seasons of posting more than a thousand yards receiving, he had I think what was his best campaign in twenty twenty, one hundred five catches, record breaking one thousand four hundred sixteen yards, eleven touchdowns. All three of those figures set career highs when he plays his oldest season in the NFL, the oldest player he's going to be up to this point. I mean. He's then set the record for most receptions in a conference championship game with 13, passed Gronk for the most receiving yards by a tight end in a single season in NFL history when including playoffs. I don't, I can't expect a regression because we just haven't seen any signs of that moving forward. And when I spoke to him earlier this offseason, he told me that he's hungrier than he ever was to win the Super Bowl. He wants the second one more than he wants his first one. And we saw comments come out this week saying he, he described the 2020 campaign as a failure because the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl or bust for Kansas City. They're more motivated than ever. That loss against Tampa Bay definitely lit a fire under them. So don't expect Kelsey to regress here in 2021. <laughs> no. Kelsey, Kelsey's just going to keep pouring it on. I mean, he's he's going to play for a while. He's going to be with Patrick Mahomes for a while. He's going to be in Andy Reid's offense for a while. He loves it there. It's it's kind of, a, I mean, it's a little similar to to the Pat, the Patriots in terms of you would see guys go to New England and just hang out and be and, you know, even playing for, it's, it's like a happy, it's like a sunshine version of New England. You're going to go and play. If you're good, you're going to go and play for the Chiefs. You're going to get paid. Andy Reid's fun to be with. He, you know, he knows the offense. Kelsey is a guy who, had some off-field issues and troubles coming out of Cincinnati. Has really, I, mean, I don't know if, it, I mean, I don't want to say cleaned up his act, but under Andy Reid, he's certainly matured. I mean, he's you know, still doing like dating shows and all this stuff, but he's <laughs> just one of the one of the one of the biggest receiving threats in all of football. I saw a stat where uh, I believe only Golden Tate and Jarvis Landry have forced more missed tackles over the last five years than Travis Kelsey. He's a tight end. It's ridiculous. And, and George Kittle, I love George. Yeah, George Kittle missed time last year. Um, you know, probably the most complete tight end in the NFL, just from a blocking standpoint. And I would argue that what makes Kelsey and Kittle, and again, it could be one A and one B if you wanted to, what makes Kelsey and Kittle so special is that, and interesting, is that they are kind of the, you know, you have to have the quarterback, of course. But I think Kelsey and Kittle are kind of the fulcrums for their respective offenses. I, I don't know that Kyle Shanahan's offense works the way it does without a guy like Kelsey who can, you know, because you, you want the play action to the play action feeds off of the run game, right? Because you want it to look similar. And because Kelsey, because Kittle's such a, like a, a, like a dominant blocker, and then he can quickly release and get out when it's a play action situation. And then Kelsey, you move him all over the place and he's getting wide open and, and it creates, it forces teams to decide like, are you going to guard Travis Kelsey or are you going to deal with Tyreek Hill? Good luck doing both. You can't. Um, so yeah, I, it's easy choices up top. Unbelievable players and uh, unbelievable podcast from you, Jordan. Great list. I like it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, buddy. Uh, we will talk linebackers with you later on as well. Uh, thanks for listening. That's the Top 10 Tight Ends with Jordan Dijani. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.